0: Iz Robots Stuck at Home Show.
1: Hey, kids. It's, it's me. It's your dude. I see robots. And we're back for another super exciting, super fun episode of the Stuck at Home Show. That's the one where we're stuck inside the house. The survivors going around. People are getting sick. People are passing away. It's like it's like an awful time, but check it out, dudes. We're going to, like, for at least for the next half hour, we're going to have a good time. We're going to be inside together, hanging out, doing whatever. Just trying to, like, strive and survive in a difficult time. We're going to take those sad moods. Gonna turn him into glad moves. This is me, icy robots, and this is the part of the show where, like, normally on the normal tip, we open up a toy. We look at a toy that I bought, but this week we're gonna have we're gonna have something different. It's still the uh, the same basic idea, but it's like it's a different item. This week, your boy <coughs> bought a baseball card. Back in the day, I was like a baseball card collecting fanatic. Me, my bro, and my dad were like all on the baseball card tip, dude. I'm not even kidding. We would go to shows. We would go to, like, any number of shops in the area. I think at one time there was, like, there was, like, five or six baseball card shops in uh, Santa Rosa, California. And we would go to all of them, like, every weekend looking for cards. I kid you not. It was really a great time when I look back at it because me and my bro and my dad were spending a lot of time together. And it was, like, it was, like, a really great time as far as bonding, as far as being together. It was... It was just a nice hobby. It brought us all together. And the other day I was sitting around on the couch doing whatever, dude. I was just doing nothing, being bored. And I started I started poking around eBay and I got to um I got to thinking about baseball cards. I got to thinking about cards I had and cards I wanted. And I, I got to like looking cards up. I got to like poking around, examining cards, seeing what like seeing what the going rate for some of these things were. And I was blown away to find that a lot of cards that like I super duper coveted back in the day are now available for just like for like nothing. So I bought a few. I think I have like 3 or 4 cards coming in and I spent less than like I think I spent less than $15 for these cards, but I got I got one of them right here and this was a card I coveted like very 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 highly. I was never able to get it. I was never able to find it. She's got to think like back in the day this was like pre-eBay. This was pre all that stuff. And the only cards that you were going to be able to find were like cards that you had card your friend had, maybe like a card that you could find over at the shop, or maybe at one of the shows, it wasn't like you could just go and order a card, I guess you could through like card catalogs or whatever, but like, I was never into that, into that scene, I would just like poke around the shops and see what I could find, but I got this card, it's a 1978 Topps rookie shortstop card number 707, and it's a really great card because it features the rookie appearances, of two Hall of Famers, one of whom is one of my favorite players of all the time in space. Let's uh let's first look at the guys who are not in the Hall of Fame. We got Mickey Klutz. He was a shortstop for the Yankee. I don't know if it's a good idea to draft a shortstop named Klutz, but they did. The other one is U.L. Washington. He was a Royals, Kansas City Royals rookie. I recall this guy hanging around for a while, but he, he didn't have a career anywhere near the other two fellas on this one. The next guy on here is one of my favorite players. Of all the times and all the spaces, this is a Detroit Tigers shortstop that goes by the name of Alan Trammell. This dude was my dude back in the day. For whatever reason, I was a fan of the Detroit Tigers back in the day. I guess I was too cool for school, and I couldn't like the A's. I couldn't like the Giants. I would never like the Giants, but I couldn't like the A's because they were on top. At the time, they were on top, and I felt like a real front runner. If I signed up and became an A's fan. And plus, when you're at that age, you're kind of a contrarian. If you know what I mean. And I had to go against the grain. And I liked a team from a city that I've never, not, never even been to. But I was like a giant Detroit Tigers fan. And this guy, Alan Trammell, the shortstop, was the team captain. He was really like the linchpin for everything. It was him and Sweet Lou Whitaker, who played second base, were like the -the up-the-middle duo. And these guys were like a great double play combo. Trammell was a really good hitter. Recently not even too recently at this point, but he got voted into the Hall of Fame, which kind of surprised me because the Baseball Hall of Fame is like, super-duper-duper strict. It's not like the WWF Hall of Fame where all you ever had to do was, like, wrestle a couple matches and you'll get in. This is, like, this is, like, a very elite group, and he made it in... When I knew he was, like, a very good ball player, like, a very good player. He was a World Series champion. He won a World Series MVP. He had a few gold gloves under his belt. Very, very good player, but... I was uh, a little surprised when he got voted in, but I am happy for him. I think that it's a, uh, that's nice, man. Good for you. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate or anything. But the other guy, the other guy on this card is another Hall of Fame shortstop. This is a guy who goes by the name of Paul the Igniter Molitor. Molitor is one of the best hitters of the 80s and the 90s. Dude was like a real fantastic super duper duper star. And you get these two guys on one card is amazing. Here's the amazing part. I got this for $1.99 with $2 shipping. When I was into the card game, this was like a $50 card. I kid you not. I would see it at a show or a shop or whatever every once in a while. And it was just like so far beyond the realm of what I could imagine. But at the time, Paul Molitor was a very, very hot player. I think, what year was it? Back in the year of I'm thinking, uh, 1989, 1987, he had a 37-game hitting streak, which is, like, the closest anyone had come to, uh, the great Joe DiMaggio's 59-game hitting streak since Pete Rose had a 44-game hitting streak back in the 70s, and this was, like, a really, really, really big baseball news story. I remember going to this one shop over in Sebastopol. It was in the, um, the shopping center that was built out of an old train station, and all the shops were, like... Inside of train cars and they had a really neat little baseball card shop there that we'd go hit up on the weekend and we went there and when we went in the owner was like do you guys know did you hear did Paul Molitor get a hit today. Did he get a hit? Like, everybody was, like, so excited to see if homie um, Paul Molitor was going to break Joe DiMaggio's record. Sadly, he did not. But this was, like, a big deal. And I remember when we were in the shop, we're looking around, and the dude was asking everybody who came in if they heard the latest news on Paul Molitor. And finally, one guy came in, and he's like, he did it. He got a hit. And the people in the shop started cheering. They are like, woo, woo. And it was, like, a really neat scene that I vividly, vividly remember. I was just like... Man, the whole country's behind this guy, Paul Molitor, because he played for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers at the time. And I lived in California. This is, like, far, far away. It's not like we have a lot of Brewers fans around here or anything. Nothing against the Brewers. Big shout-out to them. But I, I remember, man, the country was really just all into Paul Molitor, all into the record chase, and I wanted this card like crazy. I wanted it because it was Alan Trammell's card. I wanted the rookie of the dude that I loved the most. It was also considered a bonus, another guy who seemed earmarked for the Hall of Fame. But at the same time, it was kind of a bit of a bummer in the sense that, like, I knew that if it was just Alan, Trammel on the card, it would be like a $10 card, a $7 card, or something like that, but when you take the two, and you add them together, we're talking boo-coo bucks, but I got it now. On the back, there's a, uh, there's a price tag. I guess this was in somebody's shop at one time. There's a price tag of $40, so sadly, this one has gone down in value for whoever the original seller was, but I'm happy. I'm very happy. I don't know what to do. I've decided to get back into the card game to some degree. And I don't know if I should, like, if I should get, like, a binder with those, uh like, plastic sheets that you put the cards inside of. I'm thinking at this point I might just, like, I might just, like, stick them in a pencil box. I was at the flea market this past weekend and I bought a neat, um, like, an 80s plastic pencil box that had a... I liked it because it had a Kmart price tag on it. Like, the original price tag. But it has, like, a football player on the front. It's all, like... It says sports. I think I might put my cards in there until I get enough to maybe get a binder. Who knows if I'll ever even get to the binder point again? I might just be like, I might just be like buying cards that eluded me back in the day and buying cards that I that I was kind of into back in the day, cards I have fond memories of. But it's nice to be able to get back into this hobby to a degree at a low price. I I kind of thought that they would be more expensive than they were. I'm I'm shocked to see that they're just like very 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 low. Because uh, come on now, this is two Hall of Famers, bro. This isn't four scrubs, this is two scrubs, two hofers on one card. I can't believe it. Were you guys ever into cards? Were you ever into card collecting? Did you go to shops? Did you do that kind of thing? I'm curious. If you were, hit me up. We're gonna, we're gonna move ahead in the show in just a second. We're gonna find out what our guy Gino Vega had for lunch. It's wacky, as it is always. But we got a new show sponsor. This guy's out here buying cards. Let's listen to this ad. Maybe if you got some to sell, give homie a buzz and he'll hook you up.
0: Hi, baseball fans. This is Brian, the Catman Catequit, New, New York, York City baseball.
1: Gino Vega.
0: Everyone. Yesterday. Icy Robot. It's Mr. Sensational Gino Vega calling to let you know what I had for lunch yesterday. And actually, what I had for lunch yesterday um, is going to require us to delve into what I have for breakfast every day. What I have for breakfast every day is on Monday, I take a uh, salmon fillet. I um, rub some kosher salt on that. Uh, This uh, spice mix that I have here, what's it called? Suchimi Togarashi from uh, BurmaSpice.com, uh, rub that on there, drizzle some olive oil on top, put it in a pan with small olive oil, um, bake it at like 350 degrees for a little while. Um, and then I have that salmon for the rest of the week. Um, and every day I have a small piece of it on top of uh, half a, uh, um, Half a cup of, is uh, it half a cup? I don't know. Some prearranged measurements. I, I may be overblowing it. But uh, some prearranged re- measurements of uh, white rice. And I have that for breakfast. Anyway, yesterday I had that kind of later in the day. So it ended up being my lunch. So I didn't really have a lunch. So I was kind of hungry midday. And I had this setting craving for cereal. But we had none in the house. And I just want to say my like kind of junk uh, sugar cereal uh, it I was very limited access when I was a child, so I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and I'm thinking I might go
1: out and just binge on a bunch of that. We'll see what happens. I'll keep you posted. Talk to you soon. Big shout-out to Gino Vega, dude. That's an interesting breakfast. I've always been fascinated with the idea that some people eat, like, seafood for breakfast. I, myself, am not, like, a giant, like, seafood guy. I got, like, nothing against it. The kid, the kid 2.0, all she eats is, like, fish, but I've never... I've never not never gotten like a taste for the foods of the sea. I do like like lobsters. I'm not really giant on shrimp. I do like a fried shrimp. I like a fish filet. I like like a fried fish, you know, like a fish and chips, but I I don't have it in me for like, for like salmon, but I I do got to admit that the salmon looks like really good when I see it at the store, the, the way it's laid out, the color of it. It looks like, it looks like something that I would like, but then when I get it, I don't really like it. I'll eat like a canned tuna. I realize none of these are any, like, thing appealing to anybody out there. But I'm just, like, I'm not, like, I'm not Johnny Seafood. So I got to give it up to uh, Gino Vega there for having the uh, mental fortitude to wake up in the morning and eat, like, a week-old piece of salmon. That's, that's something I don't have in me. For breakfast, I'll eat, like, oatmeal. Oatmeal and then, like, maybe some kind of a fruit or something or, like, a bacon or whatever. I got to give it up to the homie for keeping it real to his roots, eating fish heads for breakfast. He's bananas. That guy, he's like no one else that I know. He and I, and this is on a side note, he and I the other day were talking about TV shows and as we know, he just finished The Watchmen and he watched The Boys and he watched a bunch of stuff and he was like, he was looking for recommendations of some stuff that he could watch now and I I threw a bunch of things at him but he seemed kind of iffy. On all of them, I was like, hey man, watch the, um, watch the Titans, or watch, uh, the Umbrella Academy, or watch this, or watch that. And I threw, like, every show out there. The Man in the High Tower, we're watching that right now, and we enjoy it. But I, I don't know, I got less than an enthusiastic response from my guy. He's, he's like that sometimes. He's a bit uppity about his art, about the stuff he watches on TV, because as you know, he's a Napa elite. Like, you guys, you probably think that, like... Like your boy, Icy Robots. You're probably like, he's some kind of coastal elite living out there in Northern California. But nothing could be further from the truth. I am like a salt-of-the-earth working man out there cleaning vents. Well, I used to clean vents when I was working for Pooptronics Media. I, I would get my head and my arms in there and, like, pull, pull clots of stuff out. It was really... Really back-breaking labor. I work out in the fields. I work out there, like, growing potatoes and doing all kinds of stuff like that. So I am far from a uh, coastal leap, but our guy... Our guy, Gino Vega, he lives in like a palatial estate out there in Napa County, surrounded by wineries, surrounded by all these kind of things that work and men like me and you never even get to see not once. We're not like, we can't wake up in the morning and eat day-old salmon. We don't got it like that. We got to get out there and eat our oats. We got to do all kinds of things. We're not watching highfalutin' shows like The Watchmen. We're out there watching shows with Tim Allen. We're watching shows like that or whatever, uh, football. I don't know. What do people watch? I have no idea. But anyway, if you have... If you have any ideas for some TV shows that you think our guy Gino Vega might enjoy, hit him up on the tweets. That is at Sensational Vega on the Twitter. He's also Gino Vega on Facebook. This guy gets around, dude. He will accept any and all requests. He's a nice guy. Real nice guy. I, uh, I'm i just poking fun. Poking fun at his uh his sensitive attitudes. He's... He's a cool guy, but man, he cries a lot, which is, which is something I don't like to admit, but I, um, I get these calls in the middle of the night, and he's just, like, crying about something very minor, like he stubbed his toe, one time he called me in the middle of the night, he was crying because he was trying to, like, he was trying to sew this Metallica patch on the back of his leather jacket, and he, he accidentally poked himself, and he didn't understand what this red stuff coming out of his finger was, he's He's a little sensitive. I'm like, homie, it's blood. Don't worry. You'll be okay. But then I, I just hung up because I don't even care. I got I got my own life to lead. But a uh, big shout out to Gino Vega, dude. He's uh, honestly a great guy. Really great creative guy. I've been enjoying his shows a ton as of late. He's really he's really finding his own identity out there. It takes a long time on the mic before you like come into your own. I like, can definitely feel homies coming to his own. You can find him here on the Icy Robots Radio Network. His show is the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega Podcast. Up next, I think, is uh, American Pizza Man?
0: Only real American pizza made by an American American pizza man. Masai bindo American pizza man. Masai bindo American pizza American pizza American pizza.
1: All righty-tighty-whitey. It is me, the American Pizza Man, back once again for another exciting segment where we talk about America's favorite food, the galaxy's favorite food, the universe's favorite food, the favorite food of everyone in all in time and space. That is a food known as pizza, but I think you already know that, just based on the name of the segment. I mean, what else would it be about? The American Pizza Man isn't about hamburgers, but maybe someday we can flip the script and do the American Hamburger Man. I love a good burger, too, but this time we are going to stick to the basics, and we're going to talk about pizza. As we all know, the American Pizza Man, which is me, loves to make a homemade pie, but sadly, there's just not always time for doing something like that, but you still... You still want the delicious taste of pizza, you don't want to go out. Because if you got time to go out and get one, you got time to make one. And the alternative to not going out, the alternative to making one is of course, A frozen pizza. The frozen pizza is not the best pizza that has ever, ever been created, but there are some pretty decent frozen pizzas out there, so I thought, I thought I'd take a few minutes today and talk about some of the top frozen pizza brands out there. We're gonna start off with a pizza known as Tombstone. The Tombstone pizza is a part of the Kraft family, which is cool because we all know Kraft makes really good macaroni and cheese. I've been down with the Tombstone. For like, for like quite a while, back in the days of the Attitude Era and Monday Night Raw, I would sit down, watch the wrestling, crack a few Steve Weisers, and eat a tombstone pizza. So I got like this nostalgic place in my heart for a tombstone. On top of that, I think a tombstone frozen pizza is pretty good. It's not as good as like a Mambo's pizza. It's not as good as like an Icy Robot's homemade pizza, but it is a pretty good frozen pizza. The the crisp... The crust on the thin crust is pretty nice. It's pretty crisp. The toppings are good. They have a nice sausage. The pepperoni's not too greasy. I find the, uh, I find the cheese to be pretty decent as well. You can't go wrong with the tombstone. Plus, they're not super expensive by any means. You can get a couple. You can get yourself a cheese one. You can get the deluxe. I like the uh, peppers that they put on there. I think the red peppers and the green peppers are both, both pretty good. For the most part, I think when you get a frozen pizza, your best bet is to go with the deluxe. The, the cheese pizza is, of course, your boy's favorite, but a frozen cheese, it's a little bland. A frozen pepperoni... It's a little greasy, but when you add in the other things on top of all the, uh, pepperonis and the cheese, you get, you get something pretty good. I do not think that you can go wrong with a tombstone, but again, this is all based on what you prefer. This is just what I prefer. This is what the American Pizza Man, me, Icy Robot, preferred. The second one on the list is Totino's. I am a giant, giant, giant fan of Totino's pizza. I think Totino's is so good. But like, but like your little Caesar's pizza... A Totino's isn't a good pizza in and of itself. It's kind of in its own category. And if you you can get away from the fact that, like, while being a pizza, it sort of doesn't have the factors in a pizza that we enjoy, like the crispy crust, like the interesting toppings, all these things, you can get by, you can dig it for what it is. It's a tasty treat. I like the small little party pizza ones. Now I've noticed when I go to the store and I look for party pizza, the party pizzas are all square. I like them in a circle, but... I'm not like turned off by the uh, by the square by any means the square gives you a, gives you more crust you know it gives you more crust which is fine it's good I do I do really like a totinos I think when you get a totinos one of the things you got to do is you got to put them in the oven they they sometimes suggest that you can microwave them and you can but they come out even soggier than they normally do and I realized that like the sogginess is one of the selling points of a totinos and I I'm down with that, but I don't want, like, a limp rag of a pizza. I do want a little bit of a crust. I do want a little bit of a crunch. So the best way to get that is to, uh, is to put it inside the oven. I I also like pizza rolls. Your boy will eat, like, a million pizza rolls if you give him the chance. They're just, like, they are just so great. One of the things Totinos need to do is they need to make a pizza with pizza rolls on top of it. I know that, like, I know that Totinos tend to specialize in, like, mini pizzas, Little small pizzas. I would love it if they made a full-size Totino's pizza. I would be down with that. But they should make a little mini square pizza with little bitty jelly bean size Totino's pizza rolls on top. That would be great. I would love it. I would eat one every day of my life from now to the day that I die, which... Considering that would be entirely unhealthy, would probably be two weeks. The, uh, the next pizza on the list that we got here is the pizza known as the Red Baron. This is another one of my go-tos. I think I actually have a Red Baron pizza right now in the freezer. Red Baron is owned by Schwann's. Those are the guys that come around in trucks and try to sell you ice cream. Is that, is that something that you have happening in your neighborhood when we... When we used to live in a different house in Rican Valley, these Schwan guys would come by all the time because my mom, my mom made the mistake of buying ice cream from once. It was pretty good ice cream. I got to admit, it wasn't whack or anything, but once she, once she got down with these guys, they were coming by all the time trying to sell us steaks, trying to sell us hamburgers. I get it, man. I don't want to knock somebody's hustle, but at the same time, I don't want some dude knocking on my door all the time trying to sell me frozen meat. But at any rate, at any, the Red Baron's a good pizza dude. It has, it has a really nice graphic of the Red Baron on the cover, which is, which is kind of weird in the sense that he was, um, he was a German pilot. Back in the day, he's responsible for many, many, many a death of American soldiers. But as it were, he's, he's a good friend of Snoopy's, and history's kind of rewritten his legend. I like the Red Baron cheese that's my preferred flavor of that. I don't think that their toppings are usually all that great. The pepperoni is greasy. and I know you're saying to yourself right now, I see robots. pepperoni is as greasy by the nature of what it is. But what I mean when I say that is it's greasier than normal, which is, which is a little too much for me to handle. but you cannot, you can't go wrong with the red Barons. It's kind of like right in the middle of the uh, pizza spectrum. The next one on our list is one of the big ones. One of the big boys? ...of the pizza game, and this is a pizza known as DiGiorno. We all know DiGiorno's famous slogan, which goes, It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno's. DiGiorno is a subsidiary of the Nestle's Corporation, which is... ...which is neither good nor bad, I guess. Everybody's owned by something. Nestle makes good chocolate, but I understand that they steal water from dry places. I, myself... I'm not a giant fan of the uh, DiGiorno pizza. I don't understand how anybody could ever mistake it for a delivery pizza. It's like, it's like mushy. The crust goes from either too soft to too burnt. It's never like an in-between. I've never, not, never, not, never, ever, ever, one time in my entire life had a good experience with a Giorno pizza. You, you may have. Everybody's taste is different. Everything is different, but it's not like a pizza I, I prefer in any way. The next one on our list is another pizza. That is owned by Schwan's. This is a pizza known as Tony's. Tony's Pizza. Tony's another go-to of mine. I don't know why that is. It's probably just because it's on sale over at the Safeway. But I do wind up eating a lot of Tony's pizza. I was poking, I was poking around the Tony's Pizza website earlier today, and they had a um a little uh FAQ, a FAQ over on the side, and they said, hey, if you've ever had pizza. If you've ever had a problem with a Tony's pizza, hit us up with a text and let us know, and we'll do our best to, uh, fix that. So I decided, hey, I'm gonna send him a text, and I'm gonna see what happens. So I sent him one, and I said, hey, guys, I ordered a Tony's pizza yesterday, and when I got it, there was only one pepperoni on it, and it was only, like, a small pepperoni sliver, not even, like, a full-size pepperoni. And then a few minutes later, I got a response, and the person said, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry that that would happen to you. Let me, um... Let me see if we can get you a pizza in the mail today to make up for that. And I said, you know, I appreciate that. But I went and I looked at the box and I noticed that the uh, pizza was actually cheese, not pepperoni. So it's my mistake. I apologize. But I do appreciate you guys reaching out to me in that way. So that was pretty good. Nice to know they have good customer service. I do like their pizza, though. The thin crust is pretty good. The toppings are decent. It's fine. I would rate it like somewhere in the middle of the pizza spectrum. The final one we're going to talk about before we get up out of here and move on to the next segment is what I think is the best, most tastiest frozen pizza of all the frozen pizzas out there. And this is a pizza that is available at Walmart. It might be like a Walmart exclusive. We picked it up over there a couple times when I'm, when I'm looking for toys. This is, this is a pizza known as Jack's. Jack's frozen pizza is to me the best frozen pizza on the market. And on top of that, they only cost like two or three dollars. For, like, a whole pizza. They're not too greasy, but they're greasy enough. The toppings are loaded on pretty solidly, as well as the cheese. Everything about it is actually pretty good. The toppings have a nice flavor. The cheese has a nice flavor. Everything about it, dude, is really great. You cannot go wrong with a Jack's pizza. Every once and again, they'll get the Jack's over at the gross-out, at the good old grocery outlet. And when they do, we'll buy two or three just to have them on lock. I... I don't ever really like buy groceries at Walmart Nothing against it. I'm not opposed to it or anything. It's just like I never I never bother with it. We go to the the Safeway or the good old grocery outlet so it's not like all that often I encounter a Jack's pizza. I should probably just like grab one. When I'm over at the Walmart looking for the Motus, when I'm over at the Walmart looking for the new uh, G.I. Joe. Speaking of that, I have not really seen any of the new G.I. Joe figures. I'm not talking about the G.I. Joe classifieds. I'm talking about the ones that are more in line with, like, the three and three-quarter inch. They're kind of on, like, a retro-style card. I haven't seen any of those, but I did see the His Tank when I was over there, and that was... That was pretty cool. Fortunately, I, I'm i not trying to brag or anything. Check me out bragging about my GI Joes. But I have like, I think I have four different Hiss tanks. For whatever reason, there's something I see at the flea market. Like, not so much recently, but in the past, I would stumble upon the hist tanks uh, all the time. And plus, they've already like reissued these. So I didn't buy it. I left it for another Joe Bro to be able to get a hold of. I, I'm i down on that tip. I, I don't try to buy things I don't need because there's other Joe Bros, other Motu Bros out there who, who might need them. When I, whenever, Online, I belong to this um this group called the Migo Ambassadors, and they talk about like the new Migos that are out there, the sarus, the creatures from the Black Lagoon, and I realize I'm getting off on a tangent, but the show in itself is like one giant tangent. I I see these guys and they'll say, Hey, I was at the Walmart yesterday, and they had the saru, saru from Star Trek Discovery. They had the Saru Migo, and I bought six. I bought five. I bought all three so I can share them with you on the group. And I realize, like that is nice. It's nice to share with the people on the group. What about like, sharing with the people in, like, your community? I don't necessarily want to buy it from you on the group and then also pay shipping as much as I'd like to just go to the Walmart and find something on the shelf. I get that, like, you want to share with your Joe Bros all around the world, and that's nice. It is nice. It's nice to do that. I'm not saying that it's not. But I don't think that you should buy, like, every single one. I see guys buying, like, all the creatures from the Black Lagoon, which is, like, a really hot one right now. I see the guys buying all the, uh... All the Rockies and your guy, me, Icy Robots, can't find even one. That was just me getting off at of a tangent. Let's move forward into the show. The next and final segment is a segment known as the HPI. But first, this.
0: Yo, Icy Robots, just kick a little something for them cars that be bumping. Our Records presents. Our Records presents. Our Records presents... The day it all started, we were seated in a small sidewalk cafe in the Copacabana, overlooking the sea. The sun was bright, the weather balmy.
1: This is absolutely scrumptious, Clark. What's it called?
0: Churrasco misto.
1: It's like a shish kebab. Mm,
0: with a Brazilian accent. What's in it? Beef, pork, all kinds of things. Churrasco misto. Beef. Pork, all kinds of things. The sauce is out of this world. Churrasco misto, beef, pork, all kinds of things. What's that? Churrasco misto. I the sauce is out of this world. you saying? What's, What's that? that? I don't know. Churrasco misto. Trent's better. He's better. He's mine for good. He's got a gold nameplate that says I wish she would. He's icy robots. Churrasco. And your knees can't take the pound So hard running is. Out. And you got arthritis in your neck. And you got calcium deposits on most of your joints. So what we'll be calling on is good old-fashioned blunt force trauma. Horsepower. Every time you hit him with a shot, horsepower. Horsepower. It's good old-fashioned blunt force trauma. Horsepower. Horsepower. Heavy-duty cast iron pile-driving punches. Horsepower. Horsepower. Blunt force trauma. Yeah, let's start building some hurting bombs.
1: Hey, this is me, this is the Robots, and we're back for the final segment of the show. This is the one called the HPI, the Horsepower Initiative, where we talk about fitness, low-calorie snacks, things like that. I, I myself have been doing the HPI for, I don't know, man, since this whole, since this whole thing started. I've been hanging and clanging, lifting weights, flipping tires, doing all that kinds of stuff, and check it out, man, I I went to try on a pair of winter pants your boy, your boy, I see robots only wear shorts during the uh warm months during the fall or whatever but i I knew that at some point we were going to transition into winter so i I pulled my pants out of the closet and I went to try them on and You would think after all this hanging and clanging that like the pants would be fitting a lot better, but in fact, the pants were fitting they were fitting quite worse, they were like super tight in the thighs super tight in the legs and whatever so I, I asked the wife I'm like hey what's up with this dude why aren't these pants fitting I've been doing everything that I can do to try to get back into better more awesome shape and she looks at me and she's like hey you're getting bigger right now I don't know if you've noticed but like your shirts are tight in the shoulders your shirts are tight in the back and now your pants are tight in the uh tight in the thighs it's all that tire flipping it's all that weight lifting it's all that stuff you in fact are getting to be like a more powerful, bigger dude. And that's kind of that's kind of the opposite of what I wanted. Not to say that I didn't want the horsepower because I definitely did, but I. I guess I wanted this, like, impossible goal of having horsepower, b- being, like, being like a smaller dude. So I started to, like, I started to think about it. And I've been doing everything I could do to lift heavy. Like, I want to be strong. I want to be super strong. I'm lifting, like, tires. I'm lifting anything that I can find. That looks like it weighs a lot. And I, I've also been, like, packing in the calories. Not, like, going crazy or anything. But I have not been watching what I eat as well as I, as I should have. I think that's something we're all falling into during the, uh during the pandemic. And also when you're working out a lot, you kind of get this like false sense of security. You start thinking to yourself, well, I'm working out a lot. I burnt a lot of calories. Therefore I can eat more calories. And like, a lot of times this attitude will bite you, uh, bite you in the back as it were. So I, I downloaded a, um, a calorie tracking app on my phone. Well, I'd, I'd actually like downloaded it a while ago, but I, I started using it. I've been using it and marking down every single thing. ...that I've been eating every day, and somebody my size, I want to have like a 2,000 calorie diet. I should probably be having like, like a little more, a guy can afford more calories, a guy can go up like 23, 24, 2,500 calories... ...depending on how big you are, but I, I have been logging in at a 2,000 calorie limit. That's what, that's what I want, and as, since I've gotten this app... I've been pretty successful in doing so. I've been eating, like, a ton of potatoes. Potatoes are very filling, but also not really that big in the calorie department. I eat, like, a potato in the morning. I eat a potato for a snack at night. I'll eat, like, a baked potato with a butter spray as a snack at night. And then during the day, I'll mac on, like, a sweet potato. I'm trying to keep these calories down so that hopefully I can start to lean out as well as going on with the new power initiative super giant shoulders bolder shoulders as it as it were but i'm i'm not like having that much incredible success yet i think that like as you get older the weight kind of comes off slower than you would want despite no matter whatever you do so in some days i'm actually like trying to lower the the calorie count to like 14 1500 calories which is which is rough, and this has led me to, like, I'm living on a diet of, like, potatoes and pickles at this point. Pickles are, like, no calories. When I say pickles are zero calories, I mean, like, I mean, like, a dill. Not, like, a bread and butter pickle. Those have some sugars in them, so they do have some calories. Not very many. But I've been living on these kale smoothies, I'm living on these potatoes, I'm living on these pickles, and it's fine. But I'm not really enjoying life to the fullest as much as I would like. I know I just did a segment on frozen pizzas. But your boy hasn't actually factually had a frozen pizza in a while. I know that if you follow me on the Instagram, I'm posting pictures of donuts a lot. Say no to corporate donuts. But that's been like, that's been like my one treat a week. I'll allow myself to have like a chocolate donut or like a jelly donut. But I'm, I'm hoping that like through some degree of mental perseverance, I'll be able to like lean out Drop some more weight. I don't even think I really like dropped a lot of weight, maybe like a few pounds, but like my body's changing. My body's transforming from like what it was into more of a a more powerful form, a bigger form. And I, I realized that like that might not have been what I wanted in the first place, but I was coming at it all wrong, hanging and clanging, like crazy lifting heavy things, doing crazy stuff when I probably should have been riding my bike more than I am. I used to be, like, a really avid bike rider, and I haven't really just, like, gotten into it as much as I, I used to in the past, because, like I said, I'm lifting heavy things up, throwing tires around the backyard, doing all that kind of stuff, swinging sledgehammers the tires. I don't know, man. It's also, it's also pretty fun to hang and clang, I gotta admit. I don't know if you guys are, like, into weight training and weightlifting and flipping stuff, but it's actually, like, it's actually really fun to kind of get some of these tensions out and throw a tire like the length of the backyard, but any, at any rate, dude, it's all good, all exercise is good, the thing is, I don't want to have to buy bigger clothes, I want to get down into the, uh, the clothes I used to wear, so we're gonna see, like, a dietary shift, I'll let you know how that, um, how that's going, dieting is all, it's all mental, it's all in your brain, you gotta have strength, you gotta have perseverance to make it, and I, I will be eating potatoes at the day that I die, so that's just, that's just what it's gonna be, let's pull the cards so that we can get an HPI assignment for the week. I'm going to have to end this episode a little quicker than I wanted to. We only have limited time on the IC Robots radio uh, server, so we got to keep all these shows a little shorter than we want. Let's pull a card. The first one is seven. I'm going to want you guys to do three sets of seven squats. It's easy. You can do it. I have faith in you. The second card, well, that's weird. That's a six. I'm going to want you guys to do three sets of six squats push-ups. I know you can do it. Gabe, patron Gabe, who recently joined us on the HPI journey. I am talking to you. And then for the, and then for the third card, we got a nine. I am going to want you guys to do three sets of nine sit-ups. You can do it. I know you can do it. And also try to plank for three sets of 15 seconds each. I know you can do it. I have nothing but faith in you. Watch your diet, Eat some potatoes, cut the sugars out, cut the butters out. Try not to eat any of these weird processed things. Do some hanging and clanging while you're at it. Pick some things up, but don't pick up things that are too heavy. It might hurt your back. Don't pick up things that are too heavy. You might end up turning into a uh, human Hulk like your guy. I see robots, but it's fine, man. My wife says I look good, and that's really what matters. Having your wife come up to you and say, hey, your shirts are getting tight in the shoulders. Your shirts are getting tight in the back because you've been lifting so many weights. That's not a bad thing. By any stretch, we all desire something like that. And I, I got it. I feel I feel successful. And I want you guys to feel successful, too. So, Sarah the Sausgetarian, stick at it. My guy, Gino Vega, stick at it. Gabe, the patron, stick at it. Sean, Rick, Doug McCoy, everybody out there, stick at it. I want you guys to be as fit as you can be. You want to come out of this pandemic looking like an Adonis. And things are going to be winding up, hopefully, hopefully sometime soonish. So, i'm gonna get up out of here this is me icy robots signing off for this exciting episode of the stuck at home show what's the sign off do the time don't let the time do you time seem hard right now but you gotta believe things are getting better birds are migrating again rains are back stuff's stuff's getting better things are getting better
0: been an icy robots radio production check your attics, check your basement check your rooms for shopping bags of old baseball cards Chirascals.